Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold Faith Community Church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith, and apply the Word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the Word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling, and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to have you. Welcome to Bold Faith Community Church. I'm your pastor, Pastor Courage Molina. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here with you on this resurrection weekend, okay, or Easter. I'm not judging you. Call it resurrection, call it Easter. As you come into the space, be sure to drop where you are tuning in from. Bold Faith Community Church is an online church for women who are looking to be bolder in their faith, more confident in their calling, and courageous enough to pursue the purpose for which God has created them. In this house, women fall in love with being in the Word of God. We are a Bible-studying church. What does that mean? It means that um, every sermon is from a chapter in the Bible and we kind of go in order. So like right now we are studying the book of Acts. This is week 13 of the study, which means we are going to be um, focusing on Acts chapter 13. If you don't know, now you know. Um, if you would like to follow along with us and dive deeper into the book of Acts, then you can go to our website, Bold Faith church.org and get a journal, a Bible study journal of your choosing. There are um, three to choose from different levels, different areas, but they will all work to help you divide the word of God as we go through this study in the book of Acts. Okay. Um, listen, keep dropping where you are tuning in from, because as an online church, uh, one of the things that we've started to do is meetups. And I want to know where you are. Be sure to rep your city in the chat. OK, I have a couple of announcements. Let's see if I can do these announcements. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can do these announcements. <laughs> I normally don't do announcements, but I'm going to put this up. Everything I'm talking to you about today, you can register for at boldfaithchurch.org. So you can go to the website. You can do everything at that website. You can get connected into communities at that website. Um, you can send us an email. You can watch the latest sermons. You can um, register for Faith Ignited. Okay. Faith Ignited Retreat is July 14th through the 17th. We will be in Greensboro, North Carolina, for three days of being in the word, being poured into, um, this is a place where 
leaders come, if I'm honest, a lot of the women that I serve here at Bold Faith Community Church, y'all are leaders in y'all community, in your home, y'all are entrepreneurs, and we are always on. As leaders, we are on, we are serving, it's what we do. Very rarely do we take the time to get poured into, to go somewhere to just get filled up. We are all about personal development and growth, but sometimes we forget to take a pause so that we can be filled up spiritually. You don't want to do that. Come and join us at the second annual Faith Ignited Retreat in Greensboro, North Carolina. You can check out um, all of the details at boldfaithchurch.org. There's only going to be about 30 women, small, intimate gathering. You're going to be able to be in the space, make connections. I promise that if you get in that room, you will not leave the same. That I can guarantee you. And I just want to remind you, this is not a conference. It's not a conference. It is intentionally a slower retreat with times for you to reflect. This will not be a go, 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 go situation. You will be poured into and the Holy Spirit will be meeting you in such a way in these sessions that you will need some time to reflect and be by yourself and gather yourself. Okay. And that time is provided for you in the retreat. So I want you to consider, I want you to go ahead and come stop waiting. If you plan to be there, Go ahead, register, reserve your spot today. Guess what? No sleep to it. I don't know why I got like it's. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's Resurrection Sunday. I got like a little <laughs> rap, Resurrection rap spirit going on. We are also, <clears throat> excuse me, having our first meetup. It is going to be May the twentieth. We are ATL. Bound. Now, this meetup is just what I'm calling it, okay? I want you to understand. It's a meetup. We're going to meet y'all somewhere in Atlanta. If you want to know where we're going to meet you, then you need to go to boldfaithchurch.org and click on the registration for the meetup. It's a free event, but you need to register in order to be counted among our members, counted among our group. Now, you don't have to be a member of Bold Faith Community Church. You don't even have to know anybody from Bold Faith Community Church. You just need to be able to register and get to Atlanta on that date. We'll be there for about three hours. This is a great time for us to connect, for us to share what being bold in our faith looks like. Um, I'll bring a real short and intimate word to the people that gather and we'll just connect like just fellowshipping with other amazing women. I know that the pandemic has kind of had us separated for such a long time, but I know that also we're ready to kind of get back out there and start connecting. And this meetup is going to be a great way for us to do it. We are an online church, but we are real. We in the community. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're in the community. So we want to come and meet you in person, in real life. And yes, I will be there. I hope to see you there. There's so many ways for you to connect with us, whether it's online or in person. So go to boldfaithchurch.org and make sure that you are connected so that you don't miss all the ways that you can be a part of what God is doing in and through this church. Okay, I feel like that's it for my announcements. Let's get into this word. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you where we're coming from so you can go ahead and, and get that ready. We're going to be in Acts chapter 13, verses 16 through 41. Pretty sure I'm going to read all of it. It's a lot of reading, but I want to make sure that we get it all before I get into it. So make sure you get there. When you get there, say amen. Now, listen, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but like it's the first, it's the second quarter. And one of my goals for the year is to lose weight like that is I have actually have 
a weight loss goal. I actually have a goal to lose. I hope I lose weight before these events. I want to lose weight before the retreat. I know that the ATL event is like just a little bit over a month away. I want to lose a couple LBs before I come down to ATL. Do you know what I mean? I just want to just be a little bit slimmer than I am right now. It's not because I don't love myself. Y'all see me. I see me too. And your girl is cute. But I know that, you know, I'm, I'm, this is the one vessel that I have. And so I need to take care of it. And I just haven't been taking care of it. So I want to lose some weight, want to get in shape. And there, this is not my first time. You know, there are a million ways to lose weight. And I have been on this journey of weight loss up and down, up and down for most of my adult life, for most of my adult life. And I've tried a lot of ways. I have tried Atkins. You know, we only eat meat and you can eat the beef and you can eat the bacon, but you can't have no bread. So you go to Wendy's, you're like, can I get a hamburger? Hold, hold a burger, hold a bread. You know what I'm saying? You can't get no fries. And I love fries and rice, but I did Atkins. Um, there was this grapefruit diet that I tried. I think you had to eat like a grapefruit with every single thing that you did. Slim Fest is another way that I tried to lose weight. Um, and I've had some success-ish with all of them, you know, you drink two shakes and then have a sensible dinner. Carb cycling, where you don't eat carbs, is a lot like Atkins. Jenny Craig, I tried Jenny Craig for like two seconds. That was just, it was too much. It was too, it was just, it wasn't easy. It was too many moving parts for me so that didn't work. The thing that I've had the most success with and what I'm currently doing is Weight Watchers, right? But the point is, you know, if you want to lose weight, there are a lot of ways that you can do it. And that's true for a lot of things. It's true for most things in life. You know, if you want to start a business, there's a lot of different ways you can start a business. If you want to save money, you want to make money. There are all these different, you know, influencers and people who can talk to you about um, getting your money right. All these money people, they can do it. If you want to find a husband, first of all, it's a ton of apps out there. I ain't saying it's going to be the husband you want. I'm just saying it's a ton of apps. Christian Mingle, Farmers Only, Match, eHarmony, Black People. I'm, they probably got one for Black people. They probably got one for every type of people you can think. I mean, there are lots of ways for you to find a husband. There are a lot of ways for you to become a parent. You know, natural, you can adopt, you can foster, you can surrogate, you can IVF. Like, there's a lot of ways that you can become a parent, how you can get educated, how you can have a happy life. And I think, I think because of that, I think because we're in this land of like education and, and um, like all this information, we're in this like information age, and there are so many ways for us to do things. I think that we believe that that is true for everything, even when it comes to our belief system. But this is the thing I'm going to go ahead and let you know right out the gate um, what the message for today is. I, maybe you ain't got time. Maybe I should save it to the end so that you stay. But I'm going to go ahead and give it to you right now. There's only one way. That if you don't get nothing from this sermon, the purpose of this sermon, the purpose of this message is to let you know, to remind you that there's only one way to eternal life. One way. I know it's a lot of ways people can live. And I know it's a lot of ways that people can um, change their mindsets and lots of ways that people can experience success and even temporary happiness and joy and, and all of these things, prosperity. There are all these different ways that people can do it, but there's only one way that leads to eternal life. And, and that eternal life is one that is a freedom from the control and penalty of sin. Okay, there's only one way to do that. And that's what we're going to talk about. Before we get into that, before you log off, before you say, oh, I know this, I already got this. I just, I just want to list some of the sins I'm talking about because it's not just an eternal life with God. It's also this freedom 
from the control of the sins that keep us from living the life that God has called us to. And um, you can just drop a heart. <laughs> you can just drop a heart in the chat if any of these apply to you. And I promise I'm coming down your aisle. Okay. I promise I'm coming down your aisle. So you might want to just go ahead. If you already know that there's a sin that you struggle with, there's a sin that you want to break free from, then you want to pay attention to this message. I got my list here. Um, the sin of addiction. Maybe you are addicted to a substance, um, a, a certain way of living, a certain behavior, gossiping, saying things about people though they may be true, are not helpful and are not edifying to the body, lying, adultery, homosexuality, fornication, gluttony, false humility, self-deprecating, negative self-talk, neglecting yourself. How do I throw this in a sin? Real quick, I throw it in a sin because the Lord says that we are supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves because um, who doesn't love themselves? But the problem is, the problem with that is that we don't love ourselves and that in and of itself is, you know, not how God has called us to live. So there you go. Envy, wishing you had something somebody else had, which often comes at the end of comparison. Um, unforgiveness. And I'm going to go back to that. It often comes at the end of comparison. So while you're scrolling on social media and you're looking at different platforms, looking at other people and you're wishing you were on like they were on and things like that, you got to be careful that envy does not get in. Envy, unforgiveness, foul language, me, <laughs> lazy, cruel, prejudice, wasteful with your time or your money. Or this is for everybody. I'm going to catch everybody right here. General and willful disobedience to the instruction of God and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, which includes procrastination and perfectionism. Not everybody should have some type of emoji in the chat. Everybody should have a heart in the chat. And so there's only one way to get free from the penalty and control of any of those sins. And that is Jesus. That is, there are many ways to do a lot of things. There's only one way to break free from sin. There's only one way to have eternal life. And that is right relationship with Jesus. It's not in knowing God. I know that might shock you. It's not in going to church. It's not in singing and serving. It's not in worshiping. It's not in being good and kind. It's not God knowing your heart. That's not the key. Oh, well, I know I'm such and such and such, but God knows my heart. It's not being a fan of God. It's not being a fan of his work or being grateful. It's not about being appreciative. It's not about your Bible study. Ain't none of those things going to get you to eternal life. This whole sermon is about salvation and salvation only comes through Jesus. It is starring Jesus sponsored by God. And so we are in X 13 today. Okay, y'all with me? We are in Acts 13 today. It's Easter Sunday. It's, it's Resurrection Weekend. I grew up saying Easter. I know these the, we're very woke now, so I'm not supposed to say Easter because all of this, but it's just what I know. And when I say Easter, I mean the I mean the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. So I don't know what anybody else means. But when I say Easter, I mean the resurrection of Jesus. So if I say it during the sermon, I'm not going to keep self-correcting that. Okay, that's just what it is. So listen. This is Easter weekend. You know, it was Good Friday yesterday, you know, eating fish. Maybe I don't know if you had fish, but people eating fish, fish fry. And I was getting ready for this delicious meal. Um, and so, you know what, how, what kind of church this is? Like, do y'all know what kind of church this is? This is the type of church where the pastor is crazy enough to be like, we're going to study X. And we're going to study one chapter at a time. And then wherever we at, that's where we at. 
And so now it's time for me to prepare this time for the weekend. And I'm talking to Olivia. I'm like, man, am I going to not preach like an Easter, you know, sermon? Like, that's, that's what we're supposed to be. That's what we do. Even though we're supposed to talk about resurrection today. I'm like, am I just going to forfeit X 13 because and maybe I'm going to put it off to the side and then I'm, you know, then we're going to come back to it. I'm like, but this is what the Lord had. This is how the Lord has instructed me to lead this church. You know, we choosing a book and we're going to go through. And so I'm like, no, I'm going to go ahead and get to X. But guess what? <laughs> we're in X chapter 13 and my dog, Paul, called Saul at the beginning, but he turns into Paul. My dog, Paul, preaches an Easter sermon. And so instead, instead of me doing my own sermon, this is the first time I ever copied somebody's sermon where I didn't prepare my own. So I'm just going to tell y'all about Paul's sermon. <laughs> That's okay with y'all. I didn't come up with my own, you know, sermon. I just, I'm going to just use his. I read his. I study his. It's real good. So I think it'll work for Easter. I'm going to give y'all a little background. Y'all ready for this? Is she copying somebody else's sermon? I did. Paul's he did a great job so I'm, I'm gonna just use use his sermon notes as a guide for for this morning's message um let me give you some background so we're in chapter we're in chapter 13 of X now X is um really about the the history and the spreading of the gospel the building of the church um after Jesus has ascended he tells the disciples and the Holy Spirit comes and all these things and so you can watch the other sermons, but now we're in chapter 13. And at the start of chapter 13, all these people are together, these people from different um, cultures. It's, it's Paul and his companions. It's Paul, it's Barnabas, it's this man named Simeon that they call Niger, um, it's Lucius, all these people. The thing about them, and they're given this background, the, the author, Luke, who writes, um, who writes the book of Acts, He's given not just their names and who they are, but where they're from, which tells us right out the gate that this is a diverse group and ethnically, culturally, languagely, I don't know if that's a word, diverse group. And you know what they're all doing together? They are all together bonded under one thing, Jesus, their faith in God. So they are all there together fasting and praying. And while they're fasting and praying together, the Holy Spirit speaks to them and says, I want y'all to set apart Barnabas and Saul for work that I've created for them to do. And so they continue to pray and fast and lay hands on Barnabas and Saul and then send them on their way. And then um, they go, Barnabas and Saul go to the places that the Holy Spirit leads them. That's how we start out. And uh, the, it's like, it's a tour. It's actually his first mission. It's Paul's first mission on um, there are several mission trips where he writes a lot of different books and things like that um paul is one of the foremost authors of the new testament i'm sure y'all know that already um, but he starts this, this first tour and he starts out um he goes to antioch not of syria but pisidian which is a different makes, makes a difference right it's a different island it's a different location altogether and he goes there and he's, they are going there and they're spreading the gospel and they're telling people and, and they're on this island tour and, and they encounter this magician. This magician. And um, because the governor there is like, hey, y'all, I heard about Saul and Barnabas Symphonem because he wanted to hear about God. Now, here's the thing. These governors, they would always have like somebody in some, some type of magician 
not godly, right? Because we talk about magic, some type of seer that would give them information or that would do this thing for them. So now that the governor is calling for Paul and Saul to hear about the way to get this thing about faith, if he starts to follow that, then I might be out of job. So the, the magician um, causes some opposition for Paul and uh, Barnabas. And Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, boldly checks his evil intentions and tells him the hand of the Lord is on you. Now you ain't going to be able to see, which is super ironic because he was the one who was giving this uh, supernatural air quotes up for the people listening on the podcast. This supernatural insight and wisdom and being able to see into the future. Now he literally can't see in front of him. He uh, This mist and this darkness falls on him. And because the governor witnesses this, now he's a believer and now they continue. Now at this point, we get to verse um, 16, which is where we're starting. Um, let me actually, let me go back. So now they're in another city. They leave that place. They're in another city. They're on the Sabbath. They're in this, it's on the Sabbath and they're in the synagogue. What happens um, in the synagogue on the Sabbath is there's a reading of the law of Moses. And so we're talking Genesis through Deuteronomy. And there is a reading of the prophecies, things that have been prophesied about. There is some prayers that happen. And then somebody preaches a sermon, right? So they have some Bible reading. There are some prayers and then there is a sermon. And so this is what happens. And they and the people at the end of hearing the Bible reading, they send for Paul and Barnabas who are in there. And they're like, hey, if y'all have something encouraging to say, say it. So this is where we start. Verse 16. Read with me. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, fellow Israelites. And you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. For about 40 years, he endured their conduct in the wilderness, and he overthrew seven nations in Canaan, giving their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. So they're 400 years in um, Egypt. They are 40 years in the wilderness, and it takes about 10 years for them to uh, take over the land that God promised them. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel, the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. For this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, who do you suppose I am? I am not the one you are looking for, but there is one coming after me whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who have traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our ancestors, we tell you the good news. This is the good news. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. 
God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay. As God said, I will give you the holy and truly blessings promised to David. So it is also stated elsewhere. So now he's like quoting Old Testament scripture. You will not let your holy ones see decay. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestor and his body decayed. But the one who God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. Amen. I know that's a lot. We're going to get back into this a bit. So we, Paul is preaching to mostly the Jews. That's what you need to know. They're in the synagogue. The synagogue is the place for the Jews. So these are Jewish uh, by heritage, children of Israel, right? Descendants of Abraham and Gentile followers, kind of. They are Gentiles who worship God. They are not full converts because if they were full converts and they would be called Jews, right? But they are not Jews, which means um, maybe they haven't gotten circumcised. Maybe they don't do all the things, but they believe in God. They are following some of these um, Jewish laws and regulations and ways of living, right? And so this is the audience. It's so important for you to understand who Paul is talking to because it explains why he goes into all of this Old Testament. He is mostly talking to Jews. It is it is insane to me. He is in a synagogue where they just heard the Old Testament scriptures being read. It's a place they go every Sabbath to hear scripture being read. And the scripture that's being read is not New Testament because they ain't got New Testament. They live in it. That It is Old Testament, Genesis to Deuteronomy and Prophets. What the, what the prophet Isaiah said, what the prophet um, Habakkuk said, that's one of the ones that's quoted, what was written in the Psalms, that is what they are read every single week. And so Paul wants to connect that Jesus is the Messiah. He wants to start on ground that they won't disagree with. And the first thing is that God chose y'all. We are God's chosen people. The Jews take great pride in being God's chosen people, being set apart. It's been true for centuries, right? It is uh, since the beginning of their forefathers, Abraham, hundreds of years before they ever lived, God chose them and set them apart. They love the fact that they are God's chosen people. So he starts there. So they're like, okay, yeah, this sounds good to us. Let's go. This is really good. We God's chosen people. Check. He then makes references that might be lost on the Gentiles. There's a strategy there. He then starts making references that might be lost on the Gentiles, but it's still a good history lesson for them anyway. And it's certainly not lost on the Jews. Um, let's go back through. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He chose Abraham. The covenant was made with Abraham. And then he talks about their stay in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And then Moses was the one who delivered them. And out of that, with his power, he led them out of that country. After that, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. 
These have all been prescribed and talked about and read over and over in the scriptures. You know where that comes from. It comes from the book of Genesis. This audience is not an audience that hasn't heard this before. He gives them all of these things. He gives references of the law of Moses and the prophecy of Jesus. He also calls out, just like the disciples did, he calls out the Jews' rejection of Jesus. He calls out the Jew that he calls them out for rejecting Jesus, even though Jesus was the fulfillment of the scriptures that they studied so much. The irony is unbelievable. It is, it is the fulfillment of the scripture that they read every single week. It's that prophecy that Jesus fulfills, but they still choose to persecute him. They still choose to kill him. They still choose to execute him, even though they found no fault in him. And even though there's irony in that, that is also still the fulfillment of a prophecy that they would kill him, even though they had no guilt, even though there could be no guilt found in him. The fact that that is true and they still killed him further proves the prophecy that Jesus who died and was buried and raised again, who they don't believe is the way, is actually the way. That he was not raised from the dead by somebody else, but that God himself raised Jesus up from the dead to show that he was the Messiah. He then goes on to explain to them that it is not the rule all the laws and the rituals and the rules and, and all the things that y'all have done, it is not through that that salvation comes. Let me tell you something about the law. This is what he's really telling them about the law. He's saying to them that this law that you have from Moses, right? It is a law. This is great things. But, you know, a law is really culturally or divinely prescribed regulation for living, right? That's what the law is, I'll say it again. The law is, is really a culturally or divinely, because it's God's law, prescribed regulation for living. And the regulations always carry a punishment for disobedience. He's saying that this law that y'all follow is not enough to justify you. You can never be justified in the law. Paul proclaims that the faith in Jesus Christ is the thing that sets people free from the penalty and control of all of those things that it has been impossible for them to get free from as a result of following the law. What does that tell us? It tells me that the law ain't going to do it. That the only way we can get through is, is with Jesus. There's no other way. The forgiveness of sins comes through Jesus alone. And everyone who believes is free from that, which the law has never been able to free you from. Then he turns and he gives a message to the Gentiles. Salvation is available to you. Eternal life is available to you if you believe. So the Jews, they get this long history. They get this long thing about the law and how the law doesn't do that and what they did to Jesus and the resurrection and all of that. And then he turns to the Gentiles and he tells them this is available to you. This eternal life is available to you. But they don't both respond the same way. They respond in different ways. The Jews respond initially with excitement, right? They initially 
respond with excitement and they invite them to come back every week. Why don't y'all come back next week? We'd love to hear y'all. When they come back next week, almost the entire city is there. And so now they hear them preaching again about Jesus. Now the Jews begin to get jealous because of the work that they are doing for God. If I'm a believer and I'm a true follower of God, don't we get excited? Don't we celebrate when God's work is being done? Not this way. They are jealous. They are angry. And so they want to run the disciples off. However, when the Gentiles, the ones who nobody feels like should be able to get saved unless they become Jew, you know, these are all, this is every, the Gentiles is basically everybody but the Jews. How do they respond? They respond with rejoice. They accept, right? Um, Paul and them are filled with, with all this excitement and, and all of those things, right? As they get ready to move on to the next place. But the point of the entire sermon, the point of the entire message is that salvation is only available through Jesus. There's no other way. And that everyone and anyone who believes can get free. And you can get free from sins, control, and penalty. I feel like I ran through that real fast. I just want to slow down real quick, real quick. I'm about to close, but I just want to slow down real quick. Pay attention to what Paul is giving them. God created them. He chose them. He brought them up out of Egypt. He kept them in the wilderness. He brought them into the land that he promised them. He gave them um, judges. He gave them a king when they wanted one. He gave them David when they when they wanted when um you know, Saul messed up. He gave him another king. He found this King David, who was a man after his own heart, who would do what God wanted him to do. And he said, through that bloodline would come Jesus, right? This would be the one that would, all of these um, prophetic words that were given about Jesus, um, all these things are coming true. He then sends John the Baptist who says, I'm here to prepare a way for you so you can get baptized. And then Jesus comes and then he points that Jesus is the way and Jesus comes and he does the teaching and he does the miracles and all these signs and these wonders. And in the fulfillment of prophecy, the one that Jesus was sent to the builders, right? The ones who were supposed to be building the kingdom of God, God's chosen people, they rejected him which was a fulfillment of scripture. All of this, like all these things that God did for the Jews, it seems like that would be enough for salvation. It seems like God choosing them as his people would be enough for eternal life. It seems like God freeing them and delivering them from Egypt, keeping them in the wilderness would be enough for salvation. That is the thing that the Jews are resting on. And Paul is challenging them saying, do not be like, don't be, don't fulfill this prophecy that Habakkuk said that you would, that look, you scoffers wonder and perish for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe. Even if somebody told you, don't be like that because God has sent us here to witness to you, to tell you that Jesus is the only way. Don't y'all have fulfilled all these other prophecies. Like, come on now. Don't fulfill that prophecy. I know y'all got all these things going for you, but it is not enough. The lasting change and transformation 
comes through Jesus and Jesus alone. The only name that has power to save is salvation. It does not come under the name of Allah or Buddha or anyone else. It does not come from the ancestors. It doesn't come from anyone but Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the one true lamb of God. He is uh, He is the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the gate. He's the one who has laid down his life. He's the one that sticks closer than a brother. It is only through him. It is not through the law. It is not by keeping the law. It's not by changing your outfit, by changing the way you act, changing up your attitude. It is not through that. It is not through your Bible study, not spending two hours and 24 minutes a day in it. I don't care if you spend three hours getting into it every day, meditating on the word of God. That is not enough. It's not based on your tradition of going to church, calling it a resurrection or calling it Easter. It's not based on um, celebrating Christmas and um, getting married. It's not based on any of those things. It's not based on your feelings. Well, I feel like I'm a good person. I feel like I should be able to do this. I feel like I should be able to live any way I want. I want to live in my truth. It's not about your truth. It's about the truth. And Jesus is the truth and the light. He is the only way which men can be saved. He is the only way which women can be saved. It is the way that God is sent for his people to be redeemed to him. It is the only way for eternal life. It's not about your culture. It's not about your status. It's not about your title. It's not about any of those things. I don't care what you're doing, how well you are doing it, how successful you are, how you feel in your feelings. If you don't call on the name of Jesus, you will perish forever. That is what the word says. God says the only way is Jesus. It's okay for people to call us closed-minded, but the truth is, as believers, our mind should only be open to the things of God. It is why the word of God tells us to guard our heart. We're not supposed to be out here in the gray spaces going back and forth with people who don't know about God and who don't know Jesus. We're also not called to be beating people over the head with the Bible because I'm here to tell you, even though this is a Bible study in church, it is not the Bible that saves. It is not the Bible that will transform you. It is not the Bible that will send the Holy Spirit to dwell in, among you and be with you. It is not the Bible that's going to keep you from perishing. It is not the Bible that's going to break the yoke of sin off your neck. That ain't it. The Bible is not going to be the thing that breaks the chains. It is only one way, and that way is Jesus. That is what Paul is saying, and that is my message to you today. I don't care where you are, how often you've been going to church. I want you to look at yourself real quick and ask yourself, am I a fan of Jesus or am I a follower? All the fans ain't going to get in. The word of God says, you did a lot of stuff in my name, but get away from me. I do not know you. So some of y'all are out here praying for people and people are getting healed. Some of y'all are out here opening your homes and serving and giving, and you are more generous than some Christians I know, and it sounds crazy. I understand that. But if you do not call on the name of Jesus, then you will not have eternal life because that law, those good deeds, that works cannot will not save you, you will end up in hell. I don't talk about hell that often, but on Resurrection Sunday, it is so important for you to understand that it is through the resurrection and only through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He is not Jesus Christ as in last name. He is Jesus, the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah, the one and only. When we are out here talking about, well, it's really God and called it a lot of names. Jesus was the one that said, you don't know my father if you don't know me. People who say they know God and they don't know Jesus, friends, they are lost. Do you hear me? They are lost. People who say they know God. Oh, well, I call him Allah. Oh, well, I call him. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. 
I don't know what that means, but if it means that you know Jesus, you good. If you don't know Jesus, then you ain't good. I don't care what other spirits you know. I don't care what other downloads you've gotten, what other successes you've had. There is only one way. And that is through the that is through Jesus because it is the resurrection of Jesus that brings salvation to us. That is what God did to redeem his people to himself. It's not that we as Christians are closed-minded, we are open to what God said. And God said, if you do not know my son, you don't know me. The, Jesus said it over and over. Okay, you say you know my dad, but you can't know my dad. Because if you knew him, then you would know that he was the one who sent me. If you don't know me, then you don't know the one who sent me. If you don't know Jesus, then you don't know the one that sent him. So we're, it's not, we're not all the same. We say the same word. You ever been in a room of parents, a bunch of parents, you just in there and there's a bunch of parents in the room and uh, you get into a room and the kid comes in the room and the kid says, mom, right? The kid says, mom, well, all the parents in there, all the women, they all moms, everybody's mom, but that kid that's calling their mom, they only got one mom. Everybody else is calling their mom, mom. And that's cool. We all got, we all using the same title, but we ain't all calling on the same one. Are you with me? We all using the same title. Everybody saying God. That's that's cool. You walk in the room, you say mom. Everybody saying mom. But we ain't all saying the same one. And to be a child of God is to be a follower of Christ. If you are a follower of Christ, then I want you to understand that you've been called to share not the law, but the love that God had for all humanity through Jesus. I think it's interesting that Paul preached first to the Jew, those who should recognize. There are people who go to church. There are people who grew up going to church. There are people who grew up around church, around Christians. They celebrate Christian-esque holidays. I don't want nobody telling me that these holidays are pagan. Please, please. Christian-esque Holidays, right? Easter, Christmas, you know, Good Friday, Lent for some people. You know, they celebrate these holidays, but they don't know Jesus. And you think, well, I'm going to tell them these people should know because they know they know church and they know this culture and they that's how we grew up. And these it was the very ones that should have known that had no clue. So then Paul turns to everybody else. And I believe that's what God is calling us to do in this season, if I'm honest. That, you know, Jesus is for everybody. And understanding that there are only two groups being talked about, the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were God's chosen people. The Gentiles was every other nation, everybody else. And all it took for them to accept Christ was to know that Christ was available to them. We make it so difficult to um, encourage people to come to know Christ. We want to start out with the law. We want to tell people that how they live in is wrong. We need to tell people that Jesus loves them and he wants a relationship with them. We need to tell people that Jesus loves them. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they are struggling. I'm going back to my list of sins because um, I don't want to miss anybody. I don't care if they're struggling with addiction. 
Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you. I don't care if they're gossiping all the time. Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship with you. Compulsive lying. Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship. Adultery. Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship. Homosexuality. Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship. Fornicating. Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship. Gluttony. Jesus loves you and he wants a relationship. False humility. Jesus loves you. Envy. Jesus loves you. Unforgiveness. Bitter. Resentful. Jesus loves you. Foul language. Cursing all the time. Thotting and bopping. Jesus loves you. Lazy. Cruel. Prejudice. Racist. Discriminatory. Jesus love you. Wasteful. Jesus love you. Willful. Disobedience. Procrastinators. Perfectionists. Jesus loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. That is the good news. We have come, we have been sent to proclaim the good news. And the good news is that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He raised him from the dead so that we can have eternal life. And anybody that should call on the names Jesus Everyone that should call on the name Jesus, no matter what their background, no matter what their creed, their belief, their lifestyle, no matter what it is, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus and accepts him as their Lord and Savior will be saved. That is the message that we've been called to give. That's the message. The message that he's called for us to take out to the end of the earth as believers, whether we are going to preach it. Whether we're going to live a certain, listen, your life is preaching, okay? Your life, especially if you run around telling people that you're Christian, your life is giving a sermon every time somebody see you in the break room, every time somebody see you when you pull out, your life is preaching. Is it a reflection of God's love, right? That people are, that God sent his son Jesus to die for everybody. We want heaven to be so exclusive, but it is very inclusive. It includes everybody that calls on the name of Jesus. Anybody who calls on the name of Jesus, regardless of the family they were born into, the skin tone, their past sins, their struggles, their addictions, none of that matters. If they call on the name of Jesus, those are the ones that are saved. Not the ones who look the right way only, sound the right way, got the right title, got the right education, has the right amount of money in their bank account. Those are the ones you want to talk to. Cool. Everybody needs Jesus. But what you need to understand is that the thing we've been called to preach and teach as followers of Christ is God wants for no man to perish. So we kind of have this twofold responsibility. The first is to those who are lost, right? To go out and share the gospel, let them know that Jesus loves them and he wants a relationship with them and that it's available to them right where they are. In the crack house, in the whorehouse, in the club, they can accept Jesus right where they're at. On a deathbed, in a prison, come on. Wherever they should be found, they can accept Jesus right there. And then once we bring them in and they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's when they have the opportunity to transform. It is the fruit of the spirit that 
gives us self-control and, and peace and love and joy and abundance. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it, is, it is the Holy Spirit that emboldens us. It is through the Holy Spirit, our collaboration with the Holy Spirit, that allows us to understand the word and change our ways. It is in collaboration with the Holy Spirit. It's because we become one with Christ that we're able to turn the other cheek. That we can be kind even though somebody is mean to us. That we can pray for our enemies. We can pray for our haters. That does not happen until we come to know Christ. Because once we come to know Christ, then we receive the gift of salvation. Then we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's through the Holy Spirit we are able to do what is impossible to do without God. So we, you wasting your time preaching the law. The lost are looking for love. Do you hear me? The lost are looking for love and we got it right here. It is the love of Jesus Christ, the love of God that sent his son to die on the cross while you were still a sinner. While I was still a sinner. That's that right. That is a different type of love. While you were still an enemy, God sent his son Jesus to do all the work. That is the message that we're to give. And, and maybe you can't give that message because you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. I want you to ask yourself, do you know Jesus? That's the question I want you to ask yourself. Do you know him? Do you know of him? Have you heard about him? Have you partnered with him? Are you a fan with a jersey on or are you a follower? If you are a follower, I want you to preach this message. If you are a follower, I'm going to give you the message. I'm, it ain't even mine. I'm going to give you the message that you are to preach. It is verse 38 and 39. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Not through your trying hard, not through your rehab. I'm just telling you what the word says. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. I made a whole list. Every single sin I listed and the ones I did not, I'm going back, addiction, gossip and lying, adultery, homosexuality, fornication, gluttony, false humility, negative self-talk, envy, unforgiveness, foul language, lazy, cruel, prejudice, wasteful, willful disobedience. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every single sin. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. That is the myth. If you know Jesus and you are a follower, I want you to highlight that. I want you to be preaching that. I want you to be sharing that message. Preach the message. Through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you're not able to obtain any other way. Do so you want to be free from the sin, from the control of sin? Do you want to be set free from the penalty of sin? Let me introduce you to my friend, Jesus. Not let me introduce you to the law of Moses. Let me introduce you to my friend, Jesus. Maybe you're not a follower. Maybe you're spiritual. Uh, maybe you're a good person. Maybe um, you're struggling. Maybe you're a hot mess. 
you know, maybe you're not even struggling. Maybe you are just legit and absolute hot mess and you don't know Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to get to know Jesus. I want to tell you that through Jesus, the forgiveness of your sins is available to you. If you believe in Jesus, he will set you free from every sin. You will be justified and redeemed back to God and have eternal life. If you want that, say that prayer with me. Jesus, I confess. I am a sinner in need of a savior. There are things that I have struggled with. Things I've tried to overcome on my own. I believe that God sent you, Jesus, to earth to die for my sins, that you died on the cross, that you were buried, and you were raised up. I invite you now, Jesus, to come into my heart to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. Now listen, if you said that and you believe it, you are saved. And I want to welcome you to the family. Welcome. What, listen, this, is, this is a good weekend too. Resurrection. This is Jesus' resurrection anniversary. And now it's going to be your resurrection anniversary because now you've been raised to life with Christ. You have been, you have, your old way is gone. You have died to sin. Come on, somebody. Some of those things that you couldn't get free from, you're about to get free from. Somebody ought to celebrate right now. Somebody ought to celebrate right now we about to get free from some things okay this about to be your anniversary you'll get to celebrate along with jesus your lord and savior now let me say this let me give you this one little caveat you have to allow god to be you have to allow jesus to be your savior and your lord he died for you to save you but when you accept him you are accepting him as your lord which means he's lord over your thoughts he's lord over your behaviors he's lord over your attitudes he, he's, he's Lord over your heads. He's Lord over your lifestyle. He's Lord over your uh, preference. He's the Lord of all the things, okay? That means I'm going to lean into his word to see which way he wants me to go. And I'm going to go that way because he didn't just save me. I accepted his saving and made him the Lord of my life. And that, friends, is not something you want to do alone. So if you have just accepted Christ, send us an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.com. Dot org. We would love to get some materials in your hand to help you as you start on this journey, to help you grow closer to God, to help you get in community, right? We want you to be connected. Now, this walk of salvation, this walk of faith, it's about an individual relationship with Jesus, but it is not meant to be done alone. The word of God says, woe to he who walks alone because when he falls. Now, listen, you come to know Christ and you in the club, but we still fall down. And we get up. I know y'all know that song. We fall down and we get up. We fall down. Well to the man who falls down and is alone for who is there to help him up. And if he's cold, who can he warm himself with? So yes, it's an individual relationship, but it's not meant to be done in isolation. God wants you to come and grow and be in fellowship with other believers. So send us an email so that we can get you connected. I hope that this 
uh, message has blessed you on today. If you want to be a part of what God is doing in and through Bold Faith Community Church, you can give your tithes and offering at boldfaithchurch.org. You can go on over there and you can set up reoccurring giving. You can give a one-time gift. And I want to thank those of you who have um, decided to commit to giving to this house on a regular basis. Listen, we could not do the work that God has called us to do without y'all. Just like a relationship is individual, but it takes a community. It takes a community of generous givers such as yourselves for us to do the work that God has placed on this house to do. And so we thank you for your generosity. We pray that God will return it to you a hundredfold. I pray that those of you who give above and beyond what you've been called to give, I pray that those of you who have a generous heart, that God would continue to give you a hundredfold, that you would see it return back to you, that it would be overflowing, that you would get into competition to see who could outgive God. And you know, you can't outgive God. God says, test me in this Bring your tithes and offerings to the house of God. See when I pour you out a blessing, there won't be room enough to store. So I pray blessings upon blessings to those of you who are generous givers. We cannot do this work without y'all. Thank you so much. Now listen, y'all know that this is not over. Be sure to share this video. If you haven't subscribed to this YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe to this YouTube channel. We're not just having church on Saturday, friends. We are here Monday through Friday for mornings in the word. We do Bible reading at 7 a.m. EST. You can catch the replay also. It's a great way to build a daily habit of being in the word of God, spending time with God, getting to know him right? So that you can trust him, so you can hear him, recognize his voice. It's a beautiful way to start out your relationship and to stay consistent. So be sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't. You may not feel like you can preach a message, but you can share this video. Now, that is something that you can do. Be sure to like it and let YouTube know that this is great content and that they should be sharing it, right? Get YouTube in the evangelism business. Now, you know, we are not done. We put the community and Bold Faith Community Church by gathering in our B groups. These are life groups. I call them B groups because they're our bold life groups. See what I'm saying? But it's just easier to call them B groups. Get in our B groups. Um, go to bit.ly slash Bold Faith Church, and it will take you directly to the Zoom. If you're watching this replay, you can still go there, get signed up. And so that way you are able to um, get connected to the community and you'll know all the things so you don't miss out. All right. I just, I, I pray that you guys have an amazing weekend. Um, love somebody, hug somebody, let somebody know you love them. Share the love of Christ. Be intentional about sharing the love of Christ with somebody this week. So they can come to know him because God's heart is that no man should perish. Don't you want to be a woman like that's got the priorities of the Lord? I know I do. So let's tell some people about Jesus. Now come and join us in this uh, community conversation. I can't wait to meet you there. All right. See y'all in the community. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.